college students traverse the lunar dust with autonomous robots. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Philip Metzger, planetary scientist at the University of Central Florida and co-founder of the NASA KSC Swampworks. Welcome, Dr. Metzger. Hello, Tanya. Glad to be here today. So NASA's 2019 robotic mining competition just concluded. This year's competition marks the event's 10th anniversary. Tell us about your involvement in the event uh, and, and how that went. Awesome. Well, first of all, I have to say, technically it wasn't NASA's event this year. It was NASA-inspired event. But because of some budgeting issues, it was industrially sponsored by Caterpillar and several other sponsors. But it continued the tradition of this 10-year-long NASA competition. Um, I've been involved from the beginning. I helped to set up the original competition, and I've been judging since the second year of the competition. Um, every year I, I love to go. I love to see the enthusiastic students, love to learn about the robots, and I've been keeping notes on the robots every year. So I've got stacks and stacks of robot notes um, describing the wheels, the driving, you know, the mobility systems, mining, uh, beneficiation, and transport systems, and navigation, uh, autonomy, and we're trying to learn how to make a robot by doing this experimental crowdsourcing approach. So who are the competitors and what's the goal of the competition? It is a college level competition. Uh, typically we'll have about 50 college teams. For a few years we used to have it internationally, um, but then we were directed to keep it just within the United States. I should mention Rob Mueller is the founder along with um, Gloria, Murphy and uh, Bethany Hall at the Kennedy Space Center, and there are several other people who um, have been instrumental in making it happen. Uh, but the the goal has been to uh, to educate, provide educational opportunity for undergraduate and some graduate college students in robotics, and at the same time, it helps NASA getting information about how to build robots. We've, we have evaluated over 470 robots so far, and it has cost the government almost no money at all. And um, there's no way we could have had the budget to build 470 prototype lunar mining robots. So it's been a tremendous success, not just for the students and learning, but for NASA in gaining information. What are some of the special challenges that interplanetary robots must handle beyond those that earthbound construction or factory robots must face? Well, on the moon, there's low gravity. Um, the soil that the robots have to drive in is unlike anything we have here on the Earth. It has to face the vacuum, um, the hard radiation. Now, in the competition, we can't replicate all those aspects of the environment. We can't handle, we can't make the gravity less during a terrestrial competition. We can't provide vacuum and we can't provide hard radiation. But what we can do is provide a dusty regolith simulant, the simulated lunar soil and rocks that is very much like real lunar soil. And we can set up the competition so that the robots have to work with that material, um, provide the right mechanical forces, and handle the dust. And those are the hardest parts, I think, 
of developing a mining system for the moon. So we, we can't do all of the fidelity, but we can do the most important parts of it. Each competitor has a different take on how space mining, a space mining robot should approach the task, if you will. What are some of the most interesting robots you've seen? <laughs> yeah, wow, I, it would be hard to narrow it down. We've had some really amazingly creative robots. We have had robots that drive by walking. We, ha we had one that had legs and it walked. We've had robots that use screws. So they're like big screws that rotate and it drives around by screwing itself through the dirt. We've had robots that have six wheels, four wheels, three wheels. We've had robots that have wheels that actually do the mining. So as, everywhere it drives, it's mining the soil as it goes. Um, trying to narrow it down would be super hard. Um, I can tell you some of the more memorable robots from this year. We had a robot that would scoop the soil and little flaps would pop up and then it would drop the soil on the flaps and then they would lift and slide the soil into these um, hoppers that had holes and then it would vibrate and sort out the rocks from the sand and then throw the sand out to the sides and so it was mining and beneficiating all at one with all these interrelated flapping moving parts and the robot was completely autonomous it could drive um, on its own, navigate and do all the mining and returning and dumping the soil and going out to mine again without any operator involvement. It was pretty cool. What a fun job. So who was the overall winner and what was it about their design that stood out? Well, Alabama was the overall winner this year. They've won it for several years in a row now. They've got a really strong team, really strong faculty advisor, support from the university providing a facility to test the robots, and they've managed to get a lot of momentum going. Um, their robot uses what we call a bucket ladder for excavation. It's where you have a series of small scoops on chains, like, like a chainsaw, except instead of cutting blades, it's little scoops all the way around the chainsaw. And so it's extremely fast as it digs, it's running those scoops through the soil. It can drive that excavator down into the soil, down deep to get the rocks. Now we are pretending that the rocks are lunar ice chunks. So, uh, and they're buried 30 centimeters or one foot below the surface. So it makes it a little bit harder to have to dig down deep to get the material. But um, these bucket ladders can dig really quickly. They can just dive right in like a, a chainsaw cutting into to wood. And, um, and it brings up scoops of rocks from down below. It dumps these rocks into a hopper and then the robot, which uh, this one is also fully autonomous, when it has determined that it's loaded enough rocks in its bucket, it backs up, turns around, it uses autonomous uh, machine learning algorithms to identify all the rocks in its path and drive around the rocks. When it starts to drive through a crater, it can sense the tilting of the robot. And so the wheels slow down and it goes into slow, careful driving mode to get out of the crater. It navigates its way back to the starting zone and then unloads its soil. And after it's done, it'll go back and repeat the process. Really cool robot. So what do you and maybe perhaps NASA do with the design concepts displayed by the competitors? Well, there's a lot of data and we haven't fully tapped into that data yet. We've started to. 
So I decided maybe seven years ago that we really need to be keeping better notes on the robot. So I've been doing that. And I've been keeping a score on drivability. One of the biggest problems we have is robots getting stuck in the soil. This lunar soil is a very wide distribution of particle sizes from fine dust all the way to gravel. The fine dust is actually about 20% of the mass of the soil. And um, because on the moon, there's no wind or rain to wash the dust out of the soil. And so uh, that gives the soil very unusual properties, something we call Reynolds dilation. It's got a very high Reynolds dilatancy. And that means as the wheels shear the soil, the shearing process itself causes the soil to puff up and get fluffy. So driving the soil makes it into a worse material to drive on. The very act of driving it changes it. And this makes it hard to design a robot that can avoid getting stuck. Um, and we notice that about half the robots get stuck in these competitions. They dig in and their wheels can't turn. And we notice that diagonally opposite wheels will be spinning. And we kept wondering, why do we have diagonally opposite wheels sticking? And the, um, we've spent seven years trying to diagnose it and understand what's happening. Uh, we've kept data on the wheel diameters, the uh, wheel widths, the gear ratios, the motor torques, the aspect ratio of the wheelbase, the ground clearance. We've kept data on everything. And what we've learned is that no parameter correlates to good drivability. It doesn't matter. Wheel, wheel diameters can get stuck as much if they're thick, as they're big, or as if they're small. Um, wide wheels or skinny wheels can get stuck just as much as each other. But what we finally learned is that when you create correlations of seven or more robot parameters, then you can start to see good correlation to drivability. And so we've derived what we call the robot equation. And this robot equation is pretty good at predicting whether a robot will get stuck in the lunar soil or not. And here's what's really uber cool. We've never told this robot equation to anybody. It's our secret. And yet, um, when we calculate the average value of the robot equation for all the robots in one year's competition, and then we calculate it again for the next year, what we find out is that the, the robots got 30 times better in their robot equation. And the students who are designing the robots don't know that equation. So how are they designing the robots to get better and better and better when they don't know what the goal is. Um, and especially because none of the robot parameters correlate to drivability. So how are they doing it? How are they tricking out the robot equation? What we've decided is that this competition is an ideal environment of competition with collaboration. We've, we've designed it to be friendly. We make the students cooperate with the other teams. They share parts, they help each other, and yet it's still competition. And so we've created an environment for guided evolution. There's trial and error. We've had 470 robots so far. Um, and there's, the teams are copying each other. Um, there's genetic engineering as they, they take the genes of one robot, so to speak, and put it in their robot. There's gene transfer. There's descent with modification. There's a lot of randomness. And somehow in this evolutionary environment, they're evolving to better and better robots. Wow. 
Interesting and fun work. Dr. Philip Metzger, planetary scientist at the University of Central Florida and co-founder of the NASA KSC Swamp Works. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about this competition, how can they do that? Well, I'm on the website at UCF. They can search for me on Google, Philip Metzger, UCF. And my email address is philip.metzger at ucf.edu. Thanks again, Philip. And if you want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.